game week three is in the books and some teams made a statement, some in good, some in bad. Welcome to the EFL Sesh podcast. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the EFL Sesh podcast. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're here. We're doing our game week free review. Um, certainly was a barnstormer in the EFL this week and uh, very much looking forward to uh, get right into it. And uh, I'm Andy. I'm the uh, co-host on this podcast as usual. And as usual, I'm joined by Joe. How are you, mate? I'm very well, thank you. The early kickoff time has not uh, has not subdued me. I'm 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 fighting fit. I'm fresh, warm yeah. up done, raring to go. Yeah. So for for context, um, I'm on holiday again next week. Um, so uh, we've decided that uh, we'd get up bright and early on a Sunday morning on the 20th of August to uh to record the podcast. Uh, you might have alluded to we might have alluded to in uh previous episodes Joe's absolutely mammoth effort in uh the League Two pr- predictions episodes where he had to clip all of my pre-recorded clips and uh, it definitely was uh, it took loads of time and many many hours of grafting Joe didn't it so we needed a we need to find an alternative and you know here we are and we're fighting fit I love that I love that shout out for all of my hard work as well doesn't that, that yeah. keeps me motivated I'm a I'm a I'm a definite responder to praise and not um constructive feedback so uh, yeah that keep that coming Exactly. Well, as we say on the podcast, you know, if you're going to give negative feedback, leave that at the door, right? So it's uh, always positive on this podcast. We may not be yeah, positive yeah. about some of the teams, but we'll uh, any po- just positive feedback to us. We'll just keep taking. Oh it. yeah, it doesn't. You're exactly right. It doesn't extend to. I don't practice what I preach in the slightest. Like I, I will only receive positive feedback, but I will dish out in heavy doses uh, negative feedback. Often not constructive either. Just, just flat out not very nice. But hey, that's that's life. Deal with it. Maybe we have a good cop, bad cop kind of uh, mentality, me and you. But I know that I can also be very disappointed in teams when, you know, I think last week we were talking about I was very disappointed in shots to on target ratio, wasn't I? Yeah. Yeah. Well, everyone's got their their bugbear and <laughs> yours was conversion rate. Yeah, very much so. Um, before we get started into our... Um, into our game week three review, uh, we would be remiss if we, uh, at the time of recording, so seven, I think near, just after half seven on on Sunday, so the Lionesses still haven't uh, kicked off yet in their in their World Cup final. But from us at the EFL Sesh podcast, we wish the Lionesses the best of luck. We really, you know, want them to bring it home. Um, and when you're listening to this, the, probably the game has happened. So you know, in we'll cover all eventualities, saying well done Lionesses, your boy at home, or commiserations Lionesses. Is, is always next time um but yeah we just want to wish you the best of luck and uh, you know really do us proud and uh bring bring the bring the trophy home hopefully any thoughts from you joe no 100 percent. there's no split loyalties anymore I, I i originally had the usa in a in a world cup sweepstakes so i was like oh happy days like i'm gonna be right. in the money either way i'm either gonna be happy that england have won it or happy that i've brought home the bacon but as we know USA flopped quite hard so 
yeah, no uh, no confusion in my mind about about who I want to win. No split loyalties. Yeah, it'd be a tough game, but you know, um, we've proved. I think England have proved throughout the whole tournament that you know they can they can win ugly, which is always a nice sign, and they can they can they can grind results out, which is a real good asset in any tournament. So you know, let's not hope for a ugly win today. Let's hope for an absolutely you know not smash and grab, but an absolute you know great performance that does us proud and you know maybe uh, <laughs> allows the fans not to bite too many t- like fingernails because of being so nervous let's hope for like a three or four nil win right well yeah the the predicting pig predicted five nil i think to england so <laughs> yeah this this year's world cup animal was a pig uh, i mean i remember we had the octopus and we've had other such creatures but yeah the the pig has been semi-reliable i think yeah, it's saying five nil. So I'd, I'll, I'll back it. It's probably about as good as our predictions, to be fair. So, like that, the, the logic that that pig uses probably matches up to our own in, for, for our football league predictions. So, can't really complain. Yeah, yeah, pr- probably, yeah, probably do a better job than us. And uh, it'll probably if if the pig started at the start of the season for us with our EFL predictions, and probably the the pig would already been the leader. Right? So you know we've had some broke <laughs> shouts there. <laughs> I was I was gonna shoehorn a like one of us is the pig uh, line there, but I I thought better of it. My my brain can operate that quickly, so I've yeah I've left that one on the table. There's a tap in there for someone, but yeah, well not uh, I. You can't see us, but what I'm wearing a pink t-shirt and you're wearing a pink hat, so you know that's big there either. So you know we both could be pig. It's fine. Mm. We can sh- we can share the load. It's all good. Well, before we get into uh, before we get into the kind of game week three review, um, just want to obviously plug the socials. So you know the FL Sesh podcast is on on Twitter at FL Sesh Pod and on Instagram. I think the same handle. Um, we you know we've been getting some good interaction with you know some of the players and 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 you know the fans and and some people asking questions. We did another poll out this week to see what people's hot takes or. Um, or get wanted to get our opinions on certain things so we'll cover them in the podcast but you know we're on the road to 250 listeners which is great you know we're we you know we didn't know how this pop was going to go but you know it's been great to see the interaction and the numbers keep going up you know we keep getting constant listening every single day which is great but we want to grow this pod naturally so you know go on spotify go on apple podcast you know amazon music wherever you get your podcasts give us a five-star review that always helps and always subscribe subscribe as well so you know whenever a new episode drops like tomorrow hopefully when 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 we've recorded it and edited it um you know you can be the first to know and first to listen and get straight on it and get get your efl sesh fix um okay well that's all the plugs done let's get cracking into it we've um we thought we'd actually switch up this week. So we're actually going to start with league two and I can't take any credit for this. I, I love the shout. This is all Joe's idea and you know, I'm all, I'm all here for it. And I think the fans are all here for it. So, you know, as it's your idea, Joe, I think, you know, we'll start with league two and I don't think we can not start with Wrexham Swindon, surely. Hey, let's do it. If the, this pod is nothing, if not an egalitarian utopia. And <laughs> if you play well, you get talked about. And if you, if you if you're part of a madcap game, then you get on first, and this is certainly it. Um, for those who who missed it, a five all, another rip roarer served up by Wrexham and whoever team they are playing. Um, potent going forward, woeful at hmm. the back. Um, ben Foster not doing them any favors in between the sticks, um, e- either in terms of 
saving goals or even just organising. But um, I guess a quick rundown of the game, because actually, regardless of the scoreline 5-4, it was action-packed. Um, Wrexham go in at half-time 4-1 down, so uh, a, a woeful showing at the back, but also clinical from Swindon. If you want to talk conversion, yeah. Swindon basically scored with every shot they took. Six shots on target in the whole game and, and five goals. So, yeah, high, uh, high conversion rate. So big smile on Andy's face. Um, Charlie Austin making a mug of me, called him out early, early doors in pre-season, immediately on the score sheet. Um, Dan Kemp, great to see Dan Kemp on the score sheet twice as well. Fabulous player, particularly for League Two. Um, yeah. yeah, good to see you settled right into that that Swindon team. Um yeah, going four one down, heads are down, and then Phil Parkinson pulls out an absolute barnstormer of a half time team talk. Um Wrexham come out early doors, second half, fifty one minutes, penalty, two four, you're thinking, okay, back in the game. Fifty five minutes, another goal, three four. Hello, we're gonna get a point here. Dan Kemp, seventy first minute, five three. Mm, maybe it's gone. Maybe the ask is too much. But no, with our bundles of added time, we've got a 92nd and a 96th, 4th and 5th from Wrexham to, to tie it up at 5 all and to send the race course into raptures. Um, I love it. I, I, I love this game, as Patrice Evera would say, and as I will, I will steal. Um, great one to be at, I imagine. And it's one of those ones as well that with those two late goals, you, you leave the stadium feeling like you've, you've got a win. So... Yeah, huge, uh, huge game for the for the neutral, um, and huge game for the the conversion rate aficionados because Swindon five goals from six, Wrexham twenty eight shots and five goals. So I know which team you presumably favour from that that match up, Andy. Yeah, yeah, certainly on the conversion rate, you know, that's always a big, big thing for it. And, you know, it, it's still good, you know, 12 on target, five goals. It's not too bad. It's one, you know, nearly one. Oh, that's acceptable then. Is there like a threshold one every that two, you, will, you will not accept? Like if it's yeah. if you only got one goal and you've had 19 shots on target, then they yeah, trash in it, in my opinion, mm, anyway. That's fair. I feel like 19 to one isn't isn't controversial, though. I feel like we need a, a <laughs> statement, like a, a lower bound. Of yeah, what's the uh, what's past the... the test? Yeah, what's the what's the kind of median level where I'd expect or like, yeah. you know, which performance, lower performance and upper quartile, you know, getting into data and all that. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think it was, you know, for the neutral an absolute, you know, for League Two, it's just it's just cinema and it? it's just absolute cinema and it's getting mm. the rapturous amount of fans looking at League Two again, which is great. Right. But I, I think Phil Parkinson kind of like, you know, summed it up really nicely. And goes, uh, this is what he said to BBC. Where do you start? A 4-1 down at half time. I was still confident we could respond. And that's credit to the group. I've been in dressing rooms before as a player and as a manager where that you would worry. And I certainly didn't. But we've also got to be honest that the very basics have got to be so much better. And I think that's a really good summary. And, uh, you know, it shows, you know, Phil Parkinson's a very, you know, I think calculated, you know, realistic manager like I, th- I think in their first four or five games that you know I think it's 12 goals for 12 goals against mm. like that is that you can't m- mount a challenge if you're not doing the absolute basics right yeah. and the basics is stop the ball going in the back of your net and at all costs and yeah. it's just I'm wondering whether you know you know in pre-season they were 
facing all of these big teams, you know, getting a lot of like, you know, visibility, which is great. But I generally think that's probably, maybe in hindsight, not the way to go about a preseason. Mm. I think they've, you know, they seem to be great going forward. And I thought they would be, you know, sort of a gunslinging team going forward because they do have a great attacking threat. Like Elliot Lee in this division is, again, like a cheat code. He He's definitely higher level than, than League Two. Um, but you can't be conceding five goals at home. It's absolutely mm. like, you know, criminal really. And they've really got to show up shop. I, I think Wrexham fans will be very happy if they, you know, just scrape a one nil right. And I think they'll prefer that than a five all absolute barnstormer because they'll yeah. realise that if we want to make a serious dent in this league, we've really got to just, you know, have some results where it's just a complete clean sheet and maybe the football suffers a little bit for it, but they just need to get the basics completely right first mm. and then build from there. That's my assessment of the game. Right? But unbelievable game for the neutral and, you know, it's box office, right? Yeah. Hey, good points. I think in terms of the 1-0, I mean, Gillingham, four games, four goals, four wins, top of the table. So keep clean sheets and you and you you storm up the, up the league. Um yeah, defense wins titles. Attack wins games. I think it's an interesting point about their preseason as well, sort of like exhibition style games against these Premier League teams. And actually, yeah, that probably has sort of influenced their approach to the season as well. Just big, brash, free scoring performances um, with no nobody minding the shop at the back. And uh, yeah, I mean, it works when there's nothing on the line. But there's promotion at stake, boys. Come on, Phil, sort it out. You've got five defenders on the pitch. Someone's going to make a tackle, a block. Um, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I think they will sort it out. I think they'll be fine this year. But interesting, interesting conundrum for uh, Parko to uh, to fix. I imagine that's what his nickname is, Phil Parkinson. Yeah, yeah I imagine it's Parko. Uncle Parko, he's going to be the new uncle, isn't he? The fun uncle. Is he? Uh, to, sorry, Tony, you're out. You're not. You're no fun anymore. <laughs> And and just a little shout out to uh, Josh McEachran, I think, uh, who's come over as well. You know, the, the journeyman, as we said in our League 2 preview. So, you know, love him, to be fair. So it's great to great to see him get an assist in the game as well. But Swindon will Did be... Did he? Yeah, yeah. I've seen on the assists here. He's got... McEachran's got, uh, got an assist in the 34th minute, so... That's, that's... a different McEachran. Is it a different McEachran? Yeah, that's George McEachran. George McEachran. Okay. Yeah. I saw his name and it just... Must blew... be a, a brother. No, be- I doubt. I don't think it's a brother. I think it's just some random guy, also called McEachran. <laughs> too fast. The, the original journeyman. He plays for multiple clubs in the same season. At the oh. same time, he signed to multiple teams. Ah, oh, superb. That's what we like to see, right? You know, it's all about you know correct facts on this podcast, right? So you know, you, you do get it wrong, <laughs> and it's very fair. <laughs> I think. I think swiftly, we probably yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good. Okay, well, let me talk about, I'd say, I'm going to go for Morecambe Bradford. Mm. um, I think this was a, you know, an interesting game because it seems that it was pretty, it was pretty um, 50-50 most of the game. Obviously, Bradford, I think, you know, we've both highly touted and they were obviously in the playoffs, you know, near the playoffs or in the playoffs last year, you know, were unlucky not to go up, I think, last season. And we thought probably... You know, for the for the neutral, probably Bradford were quite fancied fancied in this game, I think. But 
three 0 Morecambe. You can't, you know, take that. And, and really good times to get the goals as well. Like Mellon getting the goal in the twenty second, McKeeran at sixty eight. So it's like middle midpoint of each half, which kind of you know knocks the momentum because I think probably at one 0 Bradford to try and go for it, get the equaliser, and that is the ultimate sucker punch. And then even more of an ultimate sucker punch of an eighty sixth minute pen and a three 0 It's game over. Um, it's a really good result for really good result for Morecambe. Um, you know, sixty four percent possession for Bradford. So it shows that they obviously had a lot of the ball, but very equal shots. And again, conversion rate, three shots on target, three goals. Absolutely loving that 100% conversion rate. And it will be a consistent theme throughout the season. I I, I swear to you on that, on my heart. Um, but it, it's very, very good. Um, I think Morecambe have had a, you know, pretty good start to the season. You know, four games, seven points, you know, I think... Uh, we were worried about them, especially coming down last year. We thought they would be maybe in a little bit of free fall, but you know, that is a decent start to the season and being a team like Bradford who, you know, probably people fancy to be up there and thereabouts. That's a, you know, a really, really good result and a really good work days, days work at the office. And, you know, you've got to make your home a fortress and, you know, this kind of result, I think sends messages to the league that, you know, if you come to Morecambe, it's not going to be an easy ride and you're not going to be able to, you're going to have to like, you know, beat your best to really beat them. So, you know, I think that was a really good result overall. What about you, Joe? Yeah, I do. I, I think straight, first off, I think you should become a football manager. That last 30 seconds was unreal. That was like every good footballing cliche in like a post-match interview with a manager all in one go. That was superb. So, yeah, highly recommend becoming a football manager, if nothing else, just for your clear not need for media training you've you've got it sorted that that box is already ticked um yeah in terms of the game Morecambe making an absolute fool of the EFL session podcast we had them coming second bottom and bottom in our pre-season predictions and well those early doors for the table they they currently sit in the playoffs and with performances like like this I imagine they'll they'll stay there for a little while um I think the manager helps I think Derek Adams that's number one Getting a booking for arguing, love that bit of passion, bit a bit of sank about him. Um, yeah, he's, he's got that team set up really well, and a team of players that I did not think were capable um, of, of winning many games at all, let alone turning over a Bradford side that were at pretty much full strength. Um, yeah, three nil. So, yeah, the great stuff, Derek Adams. You're our League Two Manager of the Week. Now, you, you probably aren't. I've just made that up. Well, I might. <laughs> uh, there you go. You you can be for this week, Derek. Um, get in touch. Give us a ring. Um, I'll we'll, we'll have you on the next pod to see if you can see if you can keep up. Um, I don't know who you've got next week actually. Let me double check just to make sure. Harrogate, mm, yeah, could win that. You you could yeah. you could go on a bit of a run here, Morecambe. Um, yeah, worrying times, worrying start for Bradford though. I know that they've had a couple of well, one challenging game that I'd consider um, in Stockport thrown in there. But other than that, they've been fumbling the ball a bit um, against some teams that we would expect to be not in the running for uh for promotion this year so they need to sort it out they need to sort it out quickly as well yeah 100 percent. i think you know again it, it, like you said the season don't really shuffle until mm. don't really see a clear picture until you know 10 15 games in but you know you, you you've got to get the you've got to get some sort of momentum into that period anyway and yeah four points from four is certainly i don't think what the doctor ordered for for bradford this season um a, a little fun fact for you uh, and you'll be very very happy on substitute watch um all five subs were used for both teams in this yeah. game you know love that yeah huge and again 
Derek Adams, big part of you being lead team manager of the manager of the week this week was your commitment to using all five subs, bringing on uh bringing on Christopher Stokes in uh in the nice. dying embers of the game just to make sure you really yeah really got 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 the most value out of your substitute windows. So thank you. Shout out Derek Adams again. Love it. Mm. No, I've read very very highly. That's very very good. Cool. I think that's everything on Morecambe, but yeah, I think Tyson Fury will also be very happy. And uh, the you know, uh, I've seen. I, I don't know if I've seen. I haven't seen the uh, new documentary on Netflix mm. yet. Definitely give that a watch soon. I think. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I, I haven't either, but I've heard good things. So, yeah, yeah. the Morecambe come up. I don't know. Maybe maybe he's going to start his own football league podcast. Yeah, maybe he's um maybe we'll get him on the pod. You know, Gypsy King, if you're listening, please. You know, we were talking good about Morecambe, and I, you know, I know you're a. Uh, investor in the club now so you know please uh not not if he's listening when he's listed when 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 he hears this when it when it comes up on his on his playlist yeah as and when he listens to this bit yeah kiss the bell we've got our number superb okay well joe we'll move Mm. on talk to us about colchester mk dons please another rip roarer another absolutely cracking game that until the very last kick Looked like it was going to score you an absolutely mammoth uh, points haul in the predictions league, but um, unfortunately not. Unfortunately, Matthew Dennis in the hundredth minute uh, changed that and scored MK Dons's winner. Three two, it ended. Um, Isa Mo Isa firing MK Dons into an early lead after eight minutes. You're thinking, great, one nil away. A sharp shot here. Let's take this point back home. Five minutes later, they're two one down. Joe Taylor. Quick fire brace. So 13 minutes in, 2-1 Colchester United, a team that I thought would do really well this year, but apparently are not. Um, take that lead into half time. You're thinking, okay, 2-1 at home. Let's sort this out. Let's let's get our first points on the board this year and uh and make this home crowd happy. But no, we get to the end of the game. Maybe it's all this added time. Who knows? But we get to the end of the game, 88th minute. Mine's gone. Brains are switching off. Alex Gilby sneaks in for MK Don's equaliser. Mm. Not ideal, but hey, let's let's not let in another one in the 11 minutes of added time. Well, they didn't let one in for 10 of those 11 minutes, but yeah, right at the death, Matthew Dennis pops up. MK Don's three, Colchester United two. Um, thriller of a game. The, the, the volume of last-minute goals in not just this league, but across the Football League so far this year, has been nuts. And I don't know, it must be something to do with all the added time. Like sort of, not just fitness-wise, but like mentally having to, you sort of get to 90 minutes and think, oh, okay, just cling on. Just cling on for another couple and then we'll be fine. But actually, looking at the board, 11 more minutes, it, it must do something to your to your mindset. Like, And some, some teams are handling that a lot better than others, clearly. Um, I mean, the result didn't surprise, didn't surprise me. But prediction... Maestro over here. Um, I did think MK Dons would get it done, to be fair, but maybe not in such a such tight fashion as they ended up turning it around in the end. How about you, Andy? Any any hot takes on Colchester United versus MK Dons? Yeah, I, I was kind of I, I was kind of thinking Colchester were going to do pretty well this season because I think they invested some good youth players and some you know some their transfer business kind of did did give me some hope, but I'm I'm a little bit worried for him. I think. You know, good that they came back from one nil down and getting two quick fire goals. That is again a good sucker punch, and that's you know hopefully sharp shot. But 
I, I think, you know, you do have to see games out, I think, in this league. You know, you will come under the cosh. You will get, you know, hoofball probably a little bit in, the, in, in, in this league. And right at the end, you'll have the kitchen sing thrown at you. And I think it's about doing the basics well. You can't really be conceding two goals in the last, you know, 88 from the 90 plus 10. I know you would say that is utter garbage time. <laughs> I was waiting for garbage time to come mm. out. Um, but yeah, I was, I was, I, I was thinking, you know, I, I was thinking more of a draw. I know I think I put, I think I put a draw for the, for the game and I thought, okay, well, you know, it looks like it's going to be a case. And that would have been a really good point for Colchester. Cause I, you know, looks like MK Dons are certainly, you know, going to be up there this season. They, you know, they're, they're playing some good football, you know, sh- schooled, scored uh Wrexham on the first game of the season so yeah it, it it was a good it was a very good result for 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 MK Dons bear in mind the circumstances they would have been very very happy to get home with that three points right at the end um but yeah I'm just I was just a little bit disappointed with Colchester I think you know you've got to again do the basics right at the end you know if it's just put all men behind the ball right at the end of the game but considering too it in the, in them last night you know 10 minutes or so or 15 minutes is bit criminal if if, if uh, and I think Colchester United fans will probably agree with that to be fair but yeah agreed um you know that that you know I think I think they'll be fine I don't think they I I don't think they're going to be relegated that's just my personal opinion I think you know they've they're obviously that I think the first game was like you know postponed wasn't it because the water pitch was swindled yeah right? yeah weird one yeah in Swindon yeah so I think um I think they still got time and I think they're a young team I think they just need a bit more time to 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 gel a little bit and I think they they will they'll definitely get some results on the on the way but you know I'm liking this MG Don side I think they've got something about them and I think you know that's a you know nine points in four games and that's a that's a good return a good return to start of the season which is good um I also you know 90 90 plus 11 substitution for for MK Dons Alunga coming on for Issa, that was uh, that that's a that's a strong substitution at the end of the game to see the game out. I think. Yeah, that's great. Good to see uh, game management is still uh, alive and well. Yeah, <laughs> I, I imagine Issa did the world's slowest jog off the pitch as well, which uh, yeah, huge fan of. I was thinking, I was trying to find this out, and the, the stat is probably somewhere, but I, I could not find it. I imagine that hundredth minute goal is probably the latest goal ever scored in League Two. Um when you take into account sort of added time, like officially, not not yeah, taking into account like, you know, delays because of uh because of floodlight failure and stuff like that. So yeah. Um well I can't find it, so I'm claiming it. It is the latest goal ever scored in a League Two game. So Matthew Dennis Come on down and claim yeah. your prize. Would you like this tumble dryer or a boat? Because you are on a seventies game show. Um, get in touch. Get again. Drop drop us a line, and uh, we'll we'll sort that out for you. A boat is on the way. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> exactly, yeah. You know, get get his boat. You know, come on down. It's, it sounds more like stars in the rise. If I'm being totally honest, doesn't it? Or, or ah, that yeah, you're right. That is the catchphrase from Stars in Their Eyes, isn't it? I thought there's, I think there's an American one that has that catchphrase as well, where they sort of bring them down. But I, don't, I forget the name. But uh, yeah, exactly. Well, I think let's let's give a little summary of the table. I think for League Two now. So mm. see Gillingham that we alluded to, four wins, four four played, twelve points, top of the league. 
you know, like you said, four goals, zero against, doing the basics right, as we alluded to earlier. Yeah, good job we good job Orient sold sold them that centre back because yeah, he definitely wasn't good enough for League One. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then we have Milton Keynes second, AFC Wimbledon third. And that's been a bit of a shot seeing them do mm. well. And uh, you know, let's let's keep that continuing. And then we have a playoff zone of Aquinton Stanley. Again, wasn't really hard on them this season. But, you know, good start. They won't, they would definitely will take seven points. Same as Salford. They were in an absolute garbage time game at the uh this week. It was like four three, wasn't it? At the end, wasn't mm. it? Salford won. Um, yeah, Ripper. Absolute ripper again. We could have definitely talked about that. But again, it's a case of scoring quite a lot, but you know, you need to show up at the back, but still seven points with Barrow. And like we said, Morecambe, I think they're the champions of League Two this week. Certainly uh, seven points in the playoff zone. Got to love it. And then propping up the table, you know, Colchester, yeah, they played one game less, but you know, concede scored three, conceded seven. Not ideal at all mm. in this in this in this way. And also Donny, 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 Donny got Don, I can't even say it now because I'm no, so, it, so wow, so disappointed in them. Yeah, I'm so yeah. disappointed in them that they've you know minus seven goal difference, ten conceded. That is um, that is woeful, woeful. Yeah, minus seven goal difference. It's not what we like to see. So you know, it's it's, it's an early stage in the league two season, but. You know, Gillingham definitely come to play, and I'm I'm impressed with how they're going on. And Neil Harris is certainly cooking in in Gillingham right now, and also yeah, knocking out Southampton in the League Cup as well. That was you know last season's semi finalists. You know, mm. that, that, you know, I think they're in dreamland at the moment, probably. Yeah, I mean, they finished last season really well. Um, so yeah, it shouldn't really come as too much of a surprise, I don't think. But yeah, looking forward to seeing what, what, what they've got left for the rest of the year. I mean, they haven't had too many challenging games so far yet and they've got bottom of the table coming up. So I could see them winning a few more uh, in the coming weeks before they, they get a real test. Agreed. Could be could have run away with it um, already. <laughs> we'll see. 100%. Okay, well, let's crack on with League One then. So um, we'll start with, I think... The early game um, on, on Saturday, which was Bolton Wanderers nil, Wigan 4. Um, the reason why we picked this game was because, firstly, very impressive Wigan. I think, you know, they're from being minus eight gold at minus eight points, they're now in plus two and not even bottom of the league now after four games, which is, you know, brilliant stuff. The stuff we love to see. Um, already out of the relegation zone. It's just, it's just brilliant. And also... I don't think many teams are going to go to the to uh, Bolton Wanderers Stadium and win four nil. I, I think that was and being three nil at half time. I think that's great. And and what I like to see is, you know, even though you're three nil up, it seems that there's always a hunger to get more goals and, you know, not shut up shop and actually, you know, try and, you know, keep that free flowing football, keep that free flowing attacking flair still there, rather than you know put ten men behind the ball and just you know let's hold a three nil lead. Which is great. So, White scored in the 12th minute, then Humphreys t- 20, 24th. Um, and right at the end of the first half, in in first half garbage time, 45 plus four. And then White, you know, kill, killing it off at the 75th minute. Great times to get goals, you know, frequent level of goals. And, you know, I think Bolton fans were already, most of them going out in like the 60th minute already because they knew the game was over. Um but it seems like they peppered the goal quite a bit, you know, 20 shots, 20 shots in the game, four on target, but no goals again. That conversion rate's not good enough for me. No, but, 0% conversion rate, that doesn't work. 
Yeah, that's 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 even lower than the lower quartile. Mm. Um, but five shots on target, four goals for Wigan. That is, you know, that's brilliant work. It's, I, I think, if they would have said, you know, we're going to put in a performance like that away to Bolton, I think most Wigan fans and most most Wigan players would be like, yeah, we'll take that any day of the week and twice on Sunday. So I think you know that's a that's an incredible result for them. You know, Bolton have started off like an absolute train. They've been doing over every single team pretty much 3-0 most games so it's you know maybe it's a good humbling for Bolton maybe they needed a little bit of a knockback result to you know get them back you know give them a you know peg them down or bring them down to earth a little bit um, maybe you need that in the league a little just to kind of you know shore up shop and 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 start off well and keep keep that train moving um, but I think Bolton will be absolutely fine. I still think they're you know one of the definitely favourites to go up. But you know Wigan are certainly showing us you know they mean business in this league. And a minus eight got minus eight points difference isn't really going to hold them back. You know the fact they're nineteenth already um, is you know I think and only seven points or six points off the playoffs already. That's a great start in my opinion. What about you, Joe? Yeah, I mean the performance was clinical, excellent away performance. Um, the you know giving up sixty five percent possession and still winning four nil is is professional is is a high quality away showing. Um, it seems to be a bit of a theme actually across the leagues that possession is basically no longer a barometer of how well somebody has played. Um, probably the the rise of pet ball in in a, in the football league. Um, unfortunately. We do not have Man City caliber players, and yeah. therefore it, it it doesn't necessarily work. Just just having a load of the ball at the back, because the difference being when City have the ball at the back, they're still a threat. Whereas when uh, with with the greatest respect, when some of these teams in League One and League Two have the ball at the back, it's more of a threat to themselves, um, as evidenced by the fact that you could have seventy percent possession and, and lose four nil. Um, really impressed with Wigan. I mean, I was, I didn't think the points deduction would be too much of a problem for them anyway, to be honest. I, I thought they, they, they'd overcome that pretty swiftly, but they've had a tough start to the year and yeah. having taken on Bolton and Derby already, coming through both of those games with, with maximum points. And um, still to come, next couple of games, Barnsley, Blackpool, if they can continue this this sort of good form and, and get through these relatively unscathed, then they're going to hit a real patch of relatively weaker opposition and uh, yeah, I, I could see him being right up there ASAP, basically. Um, statement win from a team that will be looking to bounce back pretty much immediately. Yeah, completely agree. Um, I, I think, you know, like you said, if they can get through them two tough games, you know, let's say three, four points that, really, like you said, relatively unscathed, they are really going to mount a serious challenge, I think, this season. I think that will give them heaps of confidence. And, you know, the fact that they brought four thousand fans over as well—that's that's you know great, great to see. You know, four four thousand away fans going absolutely balmy. That was a you know, it's great when you see teams like that bringing massive away fans, and you know that performance is a that performance is worth the money. You know, regardless, you know, I talked about the Doncaster refunding the fans after being drubbed by <laughs> six nil. That's where the away fans, you know, that is worth the money. That is box office for them. Mm. Maybe they should pay double. Maybe they should pay more when they get a good performance. Like it has to work both ways. It can't be all give and no take. Correct. Absolutely. You know, give, give back a bit more Wigan fans for that. Absolute, absolute, uh, 
sensational performance and i think you know for me that's performance for me that's performance of the day i think you know Ooh. not many teams are going to go and roll Bowen over and tickle their tummies 4-0 mm. um this season so for me they're the champions of uh, this this uh, this week for me for for league Fair enough I reserve judgment on that. I think, you know, they had the shot conversion rate. They had the goals. They had the performance. They had the win. They didn't have the all five subs used. Uh, a measly four. So, you know, <laughs> it's not a 10 out of 10, but yeah, it's close to perfection. Well done, Sean Maloney. Exactly. Sean Maloney. Uh, definitely showing, I think, his, uh, his credentials, I think. And I think, you know, he he he... If he continues the way way forward, I think you know he's got something cooking well at Wigan. I think something he can build on in in future seasons certainly. Mm-hmm. Oh well, Joe, talk to me about Barnsley Oxford, please. I'd love to. Um, shout out to Andy Houghton for predicting this Oxford resurgence at the start of the year. I, I was not sold, but yeah, another great win for Oxford three one against the Barnsley side that actually hadn't started too too badly this year. Um, well, in terms of results, they've started quite badly, but didn't yeah. think they were playing too badly. Um, yeah, three-one. So early penalty from Cameron Brannigan for for Oxford sets the tone straight away. One-nil at half time, easy. Um, second half come out straight away, own goal from Barnsley, two-nil. Sorry, Jordan Williams, for calling you out, but don't put the ball in your own net, and and you won't get you won't get shouted out for scoring own goals. So fifty-four minutes, two-nil, Barnsley. Get one back, 2-1, 70th minute, Devontae Cole. Great time for one back, I think, because then you've got 20 minutes of home crowd behind you, swamping the opposition goal, balls into the into the mixer, confusion abounds. Oxford weren't phased. Soak all that pressure up. I'll, I'll, I'll store it, I'll store it. Bang, hit him on the counter. Tyler Goodham, 3-1, 88 minutes, game over. They, they survived the five minutes added time. And uh, yeah, took a three-one victory back back to Oxford, back to the the brain belt. Um, yeah. Good performance, good away performance again. Um, great performances from a, a solid midfield. I think that's what where I'm enjoying Oxford's uh, Oxford Oxford's play this year, rather than the well, the results have been good, but more than the results. I like this sort of four five one ish formation. I like a team that dominates the midfield, not necessarily possession wise, but tenacity wise. And uh, yeah, Liam Manning's he's he's sorted it out. They're overcoming injuries. They're overcoming changes to the formation live on the pitch. He's working it out. He's football managing it. And um, yeah, long may it continue. I, I I'm excited for what Oxford Oxford have next in the uh, in the hopper. Who are they? Who are they playing next? Oh, Charlton next. So that should be a great game. Looking forward to that already. Appetite whetted. Yeah, I'm, bad bad news for Barnsley though. Like like I say, I, I think I don't think they've been playing too poorly, but just not been getting the results. And actually, that's worse. I'd rather lose and come away thinking, yeah, well, we played crap, so we deserved that. Like they're they're not. Yeah, they're, they're, you can't really put a finger on why it's not working, but it certainly isn't for them at the minute. Yeah, that's that's seven nil certainly is kind of in the rear view mirror now. For, yeah. Isn't it? So it's it's interesting. Four points. So they've only obviously got one point bar that, you know, win at the start of the season. So I think, you know, they clearly they need to sure something up at the back or, you know, just try and try and do again the basics right. But yeah, completely agree with you, Oxford. I, I I'm really liking this Brannigan player. He's, he I, I didn't really know too much about him, but he seems to 
you know, tick things along nicely and he's getting some really, you know, vital contributions in games, which is which is great to see. And, you know, sometimes you need to spread the goals around, you know, the team to to you know get results right. So it's 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 good. But you know, the 88th minute sucker punch but three one with three one goal, you know that is the perfect time to score, and and it's for the away fans. I think there's nothing better than you know getting the getting the goal that kind of seals the game right at the end. Like even the lionesses we were talking about earlier, when when they scored like the eighty fifth minute or eighty eighth minute three one three one goal against Australia, that was like so satisfying, and you know shuts the crowd up instantaneously, and you know that's that's the rubber stamp that you, you've got the three points and you're bringing them back home to the institution that is Oxford. And also shout out to Cambridge who are also top of the league in League One. So the institution derby or institution um, union in League One are first and fourth respectively, which is which is great to see, right? Both on both both on nine points, but Cambridge with a goal difference of five is things you'd love to see in League One. Yeah, Cambridge have got a tough game coming up on Saturday. They got got to come to the the home of football to uh yeah to try and wrestle. But now we're on the board. Now we're on the board, mate. There's no stopping us. We just needed that uh a little bit of momentum, and now for sky's the limit. Exactly. No, no, it's it's um it, it's it's a getting that for you anyway. Getting that getting that point on the board, and having Wellens back in the back in the dugout after that. Yeah. God, he got the other day. Um, Appalling. Yeah. Hang your head in shame, referee. <laughs> it's the, yeah, to be fair, I don't. I I think it's the new directive, isn't it? But it's just it makes no sense at all. Like, do, oh, you're not allowed to speak to me, or I'll book you, or send you off. It's like, well, what? Like that that doesn't encourage respectful challenge, or that doesn't encourage conversation. Yeah, in in, in a positive manner, it, it's just silencing people, and that's that's not going to have the desired effect. Um. Yeah, maybe maybe need to take a look at that one refereeing body. Um, <laughs> where here here as we say on the on the EFL <laughs> unbelievable. Um, okay, well I think that's everything we want to talk about Oxford and Barnsley again. Great result for Oxford. I'm I'm liking what they're doing here, and uh, long may it continue for Oxford. And uh, you know, it's last season is certainly uh, certainly being long forgotten, and uh, that it's good that they're keeping that positive mindset and, and getting some results to back that up. Mm. So to round off League One, let me talk about Northampton Peterborough. Um, <laughs> if we're talking about sucker, it seems as sucker punches are the theme of this episode, and this is the ultimate sucker punch. Ninetieth mm. minute winner for one nil. Northampton win. Pinnock right at the end. It's just things you'll have to see, isn't it? You know, I think if most people, most people, you know, would have thought Peterborough would have had probably. Um, pickings this game, you know, a new team coming up from League Two. Peterborough have been there or thereabouts. They've got players like Johnson, Clark, Harris, you know, who is a robot at this level. You'd have thought, okay, this is a time where we can you know, really make a statement here. But kudos, kudos to Northampton for staying in the game. You can see certainly they were peppered in terms of 17 shots to Peterborough, but only one on target for, for Peterborough. It's not good enough for having 17 shots. Like, what are they doing with the ball? You know, are they just doing hit and hopes? And that says to me that Northampton probably had a really good defensive performance and, and kind of sharp shop and, and made it really difficult for for uh, Peterborough in that game, which, you know, you need to do that at the level when you're not maybe seen as the fancy team in a, in a game and you know that you're probably going to be peppered. The thing you need to do is press high, make sure that 
you know the what the, the team you're playing or the fancy team are put under serious pressure but also you know sharp shop and just make it incredibly difficult for them to break you down um and try and last as long as possible and they did but then getting that 90th minute winner is is to me a really really solid and i think deserved win i, I don't, there's nothing you know uh <laughs> there's nothing there and i think uh, you know Pinnock's goal was apparently volley was 40 yards out. Apparently that was, I haven't seen the goal yet, but I, I would love to see it. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll have a look, quick look at it now and I can, uh, I can definitely give my opinion, but it might've been, uh, it might've been a bit of a goalkeeping error, but you know, I love it though. It's, uh, it, it's great to see. And, you know, Northampton will take that result and that will give them loads of confidence for the season and it gets them out and it gets them out of the relegation zone. So, you know, that's onwards and upwards and four points and four games Northampton, I think will take that certainly for being a brand new team in the league. What about you, Joe? Yeah. I mean, they, they, they seem to have got points from probably the most challenging game to start the year, but, uh, yeah, I mean, straight away, Peterborough failing the the Andy shot conversion rate test like woefully. Seventeen yeah. shots, one on target, zero goals. That that doesn't work. Um, yeah, Northampton. I think you're right. I think weathered the storm, soaked up all that pressure. Mitch Pinnock, an early shout in preseason for us as one of their best, well, if not their best, one of their best players um, coming up with the goods. That's, that's, why, that's why you keep them. That's why you keep your best players. They they score 90th minute winners. Um, yeah, I, I think in terms of the game, game was a game. But for me, the result was what was most uh, most appealing about reviewing this one. Um, great, great, great points from Northampton. Keep on getting wins like that at home. Win away, don't lose. No, win at home, flip it neck. I'd be a crap manager. Win at home, don't lose away. That'll keep you in the division. Well, that'll, that'll get you up half the time. But um, yeah. They'll be fine with results like this. Um, yeah, I, I've win. just seen. I've just seen the goal, and oh my god, the limbs in the away, limbs in the home end are going. <laughs> it literally is the the Peterborough defenders like hoofed it out, defenders headed it, and the guys literally just thrown a leg at it and just tried to put it goalwards. What the keeper's doing? He's like gone into his gut, like gone into his net, and like tried to palm the ball out, but. With like it's, it's sort of going over, I think, but he's palmed the ball. But with that, it's actually gone over the line. It is a very bizarre goal, but you know the crowd are going absolutely potty for it, and it's just things you love to see, right? But certainly a certainly a goalkeeping error there. But Northampton won't complain about that one bit. That's nice. That that was like live Peter Drury impression. Like, yeah. have, have you considered a career at Sky Sports, Andy? Because that would really work. Well, you, you've, you've told me that I should be a football manager and now a pundit. Which one you yeah. which going for? You could you could do both. You could be the football manager and then hang up your notebook, notepad, yeah. and and move into to to punditry. Um, less, yeah, less usual that normally it's a player going into it. Yeah, but yeah, managers. That's we need more managers becoming pundits. That's what we need. Exactly, um, and actually. Shout out Gary Rao the other day, absolutely piling onto the ref. He uh, he reviewed that Orient game where the uh, the card happy ref was was sending everyone everyone and their their families to the stands. And um, yeah, Gary was having absolutely none of it. Um, so yeah, shout out Gary Rao. Shout out managers becoming pundits. Love it. 
Maybe except for Roy Keane, maybe uh, maybe he can he can stop being a pundit. Um, well, more more <laughs> footballer than manager, so yeah, he, he he we can exclude him from the analysis. He's an outlier. An outlier. Okay, we'll look at the League One table before we go into the Championship. So Cambridge, as we said, top of the league, plus five goal difference, nine points. A lot of teams on nine points, which you know is all the unbeaten record. And actually, you know, there's one, there's a couple of unbeaten records still. Uh, Blackpool with like one win, three draws, which you know. Mm probably not the ideal um and Wigan as well you know that you know two on on two points but uh yeah it goes Cambridge Bolton first and second and then Peterborough Oxford Stevenage and Portsmouth again Portsmouth have started well I think this season that's good to see unbeaten you know scoring goals you know pretty pretty short at the back so we'll probably definitely talk about Portsmouth in a, in a previous episode. and I do want to do a shout out for Portsmouth because that game had unbelievable yeah. I, I don't know the amount of added time in that i think there was 21 minutes at the end of something the... like that yeah i did have a i had a uh, stat somewhere or a image somewhere which uh let me just quickly get it i think it was sent to sent to me by a loyal listener um our, our friend dan and it was it was complete and utter complete and utter bizarre so basically i think the fourth official the 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 linesman or one of the officials got injured during the game and they literally had to like get someone from the crowd to actually for being a fourth official yeah it well it was a classic wasn't it where the lino goes down injured so they put the fourth official in who then subsequently also gets injured so now you're two lines you're two officials down the call goes out to the crowd and the fella who comes down is like a massive Portsmouth fan. And they they had to square it away with the Cheltenham manager because they were like, look, he is qualified. like he, he can do it, but he is unashamedly a Portsmouth fan. Like He came down from the crowd, like saluting the crowd, like giving it the big one. And fair play to the Cheltenham manager, um, Mark Robbins. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, well sod it it's not mark robbins they're called the robbins aren't they i'm just making it up now robbins. But play... <laughs> mark robbins our short king at coventry no but um regardless the cheltenham boss whoever you are let's call him gaffer um okays it he was like well we want to play the game don't want it cooled off let's this fella run the line um and apparently <laughs> by all accounts he was fairly fair so yeah, fair play to that that guy. I don't know if he's been named. Like, uh, uh, he's always just been called sort of that bloke. But yeah, I'm um, I'm a big fan of that. Also, apparently, and uh, I haven't seen a photo, but apparently he's in the most ludicrous getup. He's in sort of like lost property shorts Long and t-shirt, and a- and they they dug out some like gold boots for him in the dressing room. Somebody just had these like gold Nikes kicking about, and he was like, "Yeah, I'll have that." Like if I'm if I if I'm on the big stage, I'm on the big stage. Like it's it's my game now. So you got this, yeah, this fan running the line in gold total nineties and 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 a and a Portsmouth shirt basically huge. That that this is football. That's the most football league thing you'll ever hear. I'm exactly. such a big fan. I I loved it. Yeah, no, it was, it was great to hear, and it's them kind of stories which kind of make you love the game even more. Love it. Um, and then just to go through the relegation zone we have Fleetwood Cheltenham Leighton Orient and funny enough Burton who was very very high on this <laughs> probably out the table 24 with minus six goal difference um supposedly actually the same as uh Leighton Orient but you know 
but it's fine. We won't talk about Lane Orient being 23rd. Yeah, I, I tried to distract us from doing the, the relegation zone, to be honest. But <laughs> hey, like I say, now we're on the board, the, the 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 sky's the limit. But next up is Cambridge, is top of the league, which might not go as well as, as planned. It's injuries, mate. It's injuries decimating us. Basically, whoever I've pointed out in pre-season as somebody who is going to rip it up this year has then subsequently left the league to go to the Prem, left the country to go and play in France or got injured for like four months. So if you've heard your name on the pod, wrap yourself up in bubble wrap because something bad, this something wicked this way comes for you. I have cursed you and I'm I'm sorry in advance. <laughs> well, on that note, I think let's move on to the championship. And, <laughs> and Joe, talk to me about Blackburn Hull, please. Oh, please. I would love to. Um, a 2-1 Hull City victory. Um, a bit of a a bit of a boring first half, with the exception of a cracking 17th minute red card from uh from who, Andy? From from Harry Pickering. Yeah. Uh, I quite uh, like him. <laughs> Pardon me? I quite like him as a player, so I was yeah. surprised about I that. mean, it's this whole like I I thought they'd done away with the whole like last man gets a red card rule. I-, I thought that wasn't a thing anymore, but apparently sometimes it is. I think it's something to do with whether they're playing the ball or not. Like if you're genuinely playing the ball and you're the last man, it isn't a red. But yeah. If you're the last man and you're you're just not worried about the ball and you're just chopping someone down, it is a red. But I think we get into some shaky ground when it's like, I don't know, a bit of shirt pulling or a bit of blocking. Like, but regardless, I'm I'm back on the refs back again. I can't. I'm the guy in the crowd that makes refs not want a referee. I apologise. <laughs> um, but anyway, nil nil, ten v eleven. Come out second half, and uh, Blackburn actually go ahead. Like Sam Gallagher in the seventy fourth minute, one nil, and then you're thinking, great, ten men, so you can just stick everyone on the line. Twenty minutes. Let's 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 shore this up. Um, Hull City had other ideas. 81st minute equaliser and an 88th minute winner, both scored by Aaron Connolly, um, to cap off not only a 2-1 victory away from home, but a great start to the season from from Hull. Um, that I don't think either of us necessarily saw coming. I don't think we thought they'd they'd be they'd be in too much trouble, but I I don't think we thought they'd be in the playoffs this early on. Um, and pulling some results out of the bag as well, and with a and with a decent. Shots on target to goal ratio as well. I think a conversion rate of about two and a half. That that probably sits just on the right side of the old uh, of the old lower bounds of Andy's uh, stick. So <laughs> yeah, I, uh, a, a good performance from Hull. And uh, uh, often playing against ten men for so long is actually trickier. I find because it is Blackburn are presumably you know a well drilled team. And they'll they'll have practiced going down to ten men and and playing with ten men and and defending with ten men in particular. Um, so for them to nick a goal and only have to then go into that defensive drill for twenty minutes and for Hull to still break that twice and win two one, is uh is impressive to say the least. Yeah, and shout out Aaron Conley as well. I think that was a really really good bit of business from Hull. I think you know getting him for you know I think it was like one and a half million from from Brighton. I think he's you know definitely maybe championship is his level, but he's showing mm. that, you know, he can come off the bench, make some great impacts, you know, that's exactly what you want from your subs bench, you know, massive contributions, two goals, 81st and 88th minute, you know, 
we just love to see it. You know, that's that's exactly what you come on. I just want to see what time he came on, actually. When did Aaron Connolly come on for, for Hull? He came on the 66th minute. So in the space of like 35 minutes, he's had a really, really great impact on that game. So, you know, big up Liam Rossinia. That's a that's a great, great bit of a managerial prowess there. And uh, seeing the game, seeing the game for what it is and understanding that, you know, this is going to probably get him over the line and break that 10-man wall, that, that mm, black unit. Unit, yeah. So... Yeah, as I said, big up Hull. I'm, I'm, you know, they've done really, really well to start with. They will definitely take six points out of nine for the first three games. Um, seems to, you know, they said so they've had some. I think they've had some relatively hard games to start with, and you know, Blackburn away is never going to be an easy game. Um, you know, it's a hard stadium, Ewood Park, to go and go and win, especially at this level. And I think, you know, that's that's what you call it in in the nicest way possible. Not to say a smashing grab because it really wasn't because. From the stats, it looks like they, you know, they pretty much dominated most of the game, which is important. So they got their kind of just deserves. But that is a that is a really good result. And I think something that Hull will take a lot of confidence from. And, you know, it looks like they've got good strength and depth. They've got players off the bench like Connolly that can come in and, and, and do a job and certainly do it really well. So that's kind of my thoughts on the game. Big up Hull and uh, one of our, again, loyal listeners, Jack, he will, uh, he'll be very, very high. He, he's, uh, he runs a Premier League podcast. And uh, they did a championship review, kind of like as a, a special episode. And he said, "Hull for the win." The rocket strapped Hull to uh, to to the upper echelons of the table. So he'll be over the moon with that. Mm, that's an interesting shout. Yeah, yeah they'll, have to, they'll have to review that after the next couple of games. They got a bit of a minging run coming up. Yeah. Bristol City, who, as we know, are uh, <laughs> going to do very well this year. Now that we've tipped them to do so. And um and Leicester Back. as well in their next couple of games. So yeah, there's a bit of a tough bit of a tough run coming up for Hull. But hey, get through that. You never know. Hey, they could be on to a winner. With Come their, I, I I was very surprised actually when Aaron Connolly came on for Adama Traore, but not that one. Is the yeah, answer. I know. Yeah, <laughs> Macron, the, the other the other Traore. Yeah, it was it was my Macron moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least these guys have the same name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh god, I'm I'm an idiot sometimes. It's it's it's, it's not funny. Okay, well I say, but let's 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 move on. And it's yeah. probably right that I talk about QPR Ipswich, right? Yeah, love it. Um, I, I'm gonna say I've I watched the highlights and I've watched it at depth. Um, it, it definitely the highlight seems to suggest it was the ultimate smash and grab 75 minute winner from Connor Chaplin, who, you know, for me is Ipswich's best player. You know, he's he got 27 goals or 26 goals in League One as a cam last year, which is, you know, pretty absurd. Um, and it's good that he's kind of get off the mark now. I think he's bit, you know, in the games that I've seen him play, he's maybe been trying a bit too hard, I think. And sometimes you just need that first goal to get you at the races. And I think that'll do him the world of confidence. But from what I saw in the highlights, it definitely looked like like QPR was certainly, um, you know, I think it's QPR played well and they they had some good shots. I saw one of the shots literally hit both posts. So Denassian gives the ball away. Um, you know, QPR in like, you know, midway of Vips, which is half. They go on a bit of a, this guy goes on a bit of a run and literally hits the inside of the left post and rolls across the line. It's the outside of the right post. It honestly is one of the most unluckiest 
um, unluckiest kind of shots I've ever seen. And it looks like they definitely had some had some good chances. So, you know, more shots on target. But it's, it's definitely dominated possession, which, you know, that that's what their game is based on, a good possession-based football, pressing from the front and, you know, putting teams under pressure. But, you know, when you're under the cost a little bit, but you get that sucker punch 75th minute goal and sure up shop and keep a clean sheet. You know, that's it's a brilliant result in in and Ipswich will be absolutely delighted with that. Free from free. I think one of the first I think since tw- I think it's the first time a promoted team from League One has won their first three games in the championship after promotion since I think Southampton in 2010, 2011. So I think that's, you know, that's a really good omen for Ipswich and you know, two clean sheets in a row, you know, two nil against Stoke and then one nil against Rangers shows that they're doing the scoring things right, but also doing the basics right at the back. And, you know, I'm all for it. I'm very, very excited. I'm purring with anticipation for Ipswich. Obviously, it's maybe a little very, very early in the season, but top of the league, we're having a laugh, mate. Over to you. Yeah, rightly so as well. Um, Surprised me. I, I did not. I mean, don't get me wrong, I thought they'd do all right, but I didn't think they'd do this all right. Um, yeah. Great stuff. Great stuff from Ipswich. Um, and and good to see QPR proving us right. A, a rare a rare shout from the FL pod that's actually coming to fruition. Um, pretty woeful uh, in general. Injuries stacking up now as well to go with their threadbare squad anyway. Two... two Two players that you'd expect to start in Armstrong and Field, both going off injured. Don't know necessarily the extent, but let's say they're not available for the foreseeable. And they've got some tough games coming up as well in, I think, Southampton next. And then, yeah, then Middlesbrough after that. So, yeah, I think I think QPR on the ropes early doors. But, hey, Ipswich, top of the league. Can only beat what's in front of you. And, uh, and they keep on doing it. So uh, enjoy it, enjoy it while it lasts. Which it's, might it's, be all season. You never know. You never know. You know. I think yeah, McKenna's a very you know he, he's a young manager, but he's definitely got a wise head on him. Like his boss is is um he was basically talked asked by BBC essentially on the early talk of promotion. He goes, we've ignored it. We focus on performance and results. There's certainly no deluded heads in that dressing room. We know how hard we're having to work in every single game. We're doing some things well, but we all know we can still improve. The margins are going our way and we know that if you keep improving and doing the right things and you give yourself a better chance, we know how tough the division is. There's certainly no chance of anyone getting ahead of themselves. The players are happy, but they're tired and they know they're going to have to work just as hard or harder against Leeds Leeds next week. We stepped up in the second half and I thought we controlled and dominated it apart from some isolated moments. In terms of the flow of the game, we were much better and built up play well. I thought we were good value for it. I I would maybe not say we were good value for it, but I think, you know, the possession, <laughs> they, uh, certainly, certainly the possession was there. And I think, you know, you'll definitely take a one nil smash and grab away win any day of the week in this league. And it's, it's some, I, I I think, you know, McKenna's the kind of manager and he's definitely showing why he's a very, very good, very good manager and why he's so highly touted. His game management is very, very good. Um, he's not afraid to make some tough decisions. So Danassian was struggling at the start of the game. 
made some pretty bad errors, obviously nearly conceded one. And he's happy to bring on Clark back, Harry Clark back on the field. It's good to see him back. But he's willing to make them tough decisions just to make sure that, you know, he's doing the right for the team and right for the game. So, yeah, I think he's certainly someone that's, you know, building a great reputation for himself, McKenna. And, you know, he's very much at the forefront and why Ipswich are doing so well, I'm sure of it. Hmm. So, Kieran McKenna, what what familial relationship is he, do you reckon, in the sort of managerial uh, roulette wheel of uncles? Uh, he is he is he is the quiet but very astute uncle. You know, sometimes you have, which is very like you know does really well for himself, but very shy, doesn't really. Mm. Talk well, he seems that kind of like you know when you get to know him, top guy, but wouldn't go you know in a party or in a networking event and you know be the first person to say hello. I like that. The sort of reserved uncle. Yeah. The one you like, you know, at Christmas, he sits there in the corner and you don't really have to ask. Just every time you sort of go on a drinks run, you just get him another can of Fosters. And then <laughs> you sort of put it next to him. And again, he doesn't he didn't necessarily say thanks, but he just like nods. It's like, yep, yeah, good. Yeah, correct. Like you've you've done the right thing. And then enough enough of those Christmases, and then you might extend to a I don't know, maybe he'll reciprocate. He'll leave the room unannounced, obviously, because he's the reserved uncle. And he'll come back in with just two beers, just two cans of Fosters. But he yeah. will give you one. And you'd be like, oh, I'm in. Great. Yeah, OK. I like that a lot. Yeah, agreed. I'll sign up to that. There was there was some... Uh... Oh, yeah. Then uh... I was just looking at some of the comments that we got in terms of the... Uh of the Instagram posted pop and it was about Andy, please talk about Ipswich and Ipswich free for free. Yes, they are free for free and they are top of the league and we are having a massive laugh and we are massive. So, you know, that's my viewpoint. <laughs> so, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, if you can't enjoy these moments, then you can't enjoy anything really. But like these, <laughs> this is what it's all about, regardless whether it lasts or not. hundred percent. Well, Joe, can you see us home and talk us about Leicester Cardiff, please? I can. A uh, a two one win for Leicester in the end, um, going one nil up through. Wait for it, Wanya Marcel Madivadua. Love I that. Imagine Wanya, oh. get in touch if I've said that wrong, and I will apologise. In the thirty sixth minute, so nothing doing before then really, and then Aaron Ramsey, probably purely because I called him rubbish and said that this was a terrible move, pops up in added time of half time to equalise. Um, Have you seen the goal as well? What I haven't. Is oh, it a, oh damn. ping top bins. It's unbelievable. It's such a good <sighs> disaster. Oh, yeah, it was a it was a top goal and and shout out to Dan again. He's he gave us a gave us a uh, comment to say thoughts on Aaron Ramsey still having it and goes, Well, it certainly showed that he's scored a great goal. Wouldn't say he's necessarily still got it. I think it's a long hard season and there's plenty of time for him to get injured and be up for a long period of time. But that is, I've got to say, give props to Ramsey. What a strike that was. Unbelievable. Sorry, I was hoping it was a tap in. I was, I was hoping it just sort of bounced off his shin and went in. But okay, fair enough. Well done, Aaron. Um, that's another sort of dart in the picture of me on the wall. But <laughs> I don't know. Like Andy says, don't throw too many or you'll you, you hurt your elbow and you'll be out for another couple of months. But um, So, half-time, 1-0. Come back out, second half, nothing doing for 45 minutes, basically. A lot of chopping and changing, a lot of subs, a couple of bookings. And then the ball goes up, six minutes of added time. All hell breaks loose. 92nd minute, another cracker. Cesare Casade. I'm going with yeah. it. 
great great run great goal Leicester 2-1 and then you're thinking well they've they've wrapped it up and and this game's over so so off off I head to the to the concourse but you would have missed uh, a, a great end from Marlon Romeo. Uh, unbelievable stuff from Cardiff. Full commitment to just like completely shagging the whole game. 94th minute gets booked for a foul. Um, okay, fine. Like a bit stupid to be committing fouls in the 94th minute of the game that are yellow card worthy, but whatever. Two minutes later, 96th minute. So the dying seconds of the game, another yellow card for a foul that wasn't even on the ball. Second yellow, red card, off you go. You would say early bath, but you probably just left the field with everyone else because it was basically full time. Um, Romeo, clown, I'm afraid. Ridiculous. What? How? What's Errol Bullet meant to do with that? I mean, yeah, <laughs> joker, absolute joker. Um, yeah. Again, the result, probably as we expected, we're, we're pretty high on Leicester this year and not very high on Cardiff. So the 2-1 win is probably about right and probably what? Well, it's probably the minimum you'd expect as a as a Leicester player or fan. But um yeah, more the more the events of the game, the the, the shake up of those well, I was gonna say ninety minutes, but actually nearer a hundred minutes, um is is what drew our eye to this uh, this this classic. And and I think actually Cardiff played pretty well. And I think I think if they would have if you look at the game as a whole, I think they probably deserved a draw, if I'm being totally honest. It was quite even, quite even in the game. So I think, you know, they will be absolutely heartbroken. But but that new signing Casaday or Casaday um came from Chelsea, I think. He's a Chelsea youngster. Yeah, you know, literally only came like a few days ago. So that's a great way to get your Leicester uh, City career up and running. First mm. game, first goal. So, you know things you love to see and it shows that Maresca's investing in the right players and also investing in youth. He's definitely looking at younger players and thinking they're definitely the future of the club and that's the right mentality to have. You could easily just try and get loads of experienced players and but that's not I, th- I think Leicester City are trying to build for the future and build something there. And like we said, we are quite high on them and I think, you know, being second in the league, three point, you know, hundred percent record so far, it's 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 a it's a great start for Leicester and exactly what, you know, what what they thought they would do, but it's good they're actually you know meeting the expectations that most people will have on them, and you know let's let's long that continue. I always like Leicester, so let's see let's see how we're getting on. Funny enough, I'm actually travelling up to Loughborough this week uh, today, um, literally after this podcast, and uh, so I'll see if there's any Leicester fans in attendance or around that area, and uh, see see if uh, see how they're doing. I'm probably not going to randomly go up to anyone, but let's see if I yeah. can see. Yeah, anyway. That's what I was interested in. By, by that, it sort of made it sound like you were going to stand around and sort of canvas opinion <laughs> the high on Leicester. Street. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, that I'd, I'd back that. It's, um, I mean, you have to be careful, though, because I imagine you'd be flooded with people wanting your autograph. Um, well, true, yeah. Since the, the sort of roaring success that this pod has had globally. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't hate that idea. Maybe some, some Andy on the Beat style, like, Vox Pops around uh, what people think of Harry Winks's performance or <laughs> what do you make of Ricardo Pereira being captain this week? Maybe, yeah, some some sort of bits and pieces like that would would not go amiss. Hmm. There's a, there's a thought for, for future future weeks. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I might have to might have to do that, some little interviews or tidbits. That would be uh, something mm. for God. Love that. Okay, well, let's 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 move on in the interest of time. We'll just go through the table. So Ipswich at the Dizzy Heights and Nosebleed section of the <laughs> league goal difference of four five 
goals, one conceded, nine points, things you love to see. And yeah, let's long that, may that continue. But I'm under no illusion, you know, they've got leads next week. And again, I suppose before we before we go into the table, again, had a comment from one of, uh, one of our loyal listeners, Josh, about what our views on the state of Leeds United are right now. So Joe, have you got any opinions on that? Mm, well, I think the clue is in the question that they, they are a state. Um, I'm I'm very very confused as to what the uh, what the correct way to resolve this issue is. I mean I mean it's not necessarily that you lose your your players when you get relegated because that's always going to happen. You're always going to lose your best players when you come down from the prem. Like and you try your best to keep them, but, but yeah, the reality is lots of them are going to go. It's managing their departures correctly. And apparently, basically, Leeds is currently setting the standard for how not to manage those departures correctly. Like the situations they're getting themselves into with Nonto not turning up to training and and not... It, it then affects people more than just the player involved. Like if you, if, you, if you identify a player that doesn't want to play for you and just ship him out quickly, you sort of avoid the problem. But now it's a whole thing with the squad. It's spreading to other players. Nobody really knows what's going on with Somerville. Like Crescencio yeah. is just sort of binned off this season, apparently, because he also yeah. wants to leave now. Um, it it it's a disaster, and you, you want to focus on the players that want to be there, that want to be at your club. But at the minute, all everyone's talking about is the players that don't want to be there, and as a result, you see that they're they're losing games they shouldn't be losing. They're not picking up points where they should be picking up points, and now they're getting into some games where. I don't know. There's a bit of a challenge on their hands. I mean, next up, I think they've got Ipswich, no? Who, yeah. as we know, are top of the league and and absolutely soaring. So let's say you don't pick up points in that game. All of a sudden, it's you know, it's panic stations. Um, yeah, it it's a disaster class of off the field issues that are affecting their on the field performance, which is so frustrating as a fan. Um, not that I'm a fan of Leeds. I mean, Leeds can do what they want, but it's the most annoying thing in the world when your players can't play because they're they're being distracted by by issues elsewhere. Yeah, and 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 for me, like, what is this? It's got to be stuff up top, you know. Obviously, they changed ownership from Rad Radrazani or Radrazani, I think his name is. Um, he obviously took him to the dizzy heights of the Premier League, but then obviously it's petered out, and now the Forty Niners are coming. You know, what's that handover been like? You know, what what's mm what's actually been happening with that transition over to the club? Because, you know, no player is bigger than the club. And like you said, if you've got a player that doesn't want to be there, just get rid of him, get the yeah. money, get the money, you know, get on the negotiation table and get that, get that money so you can invest it quickly. But the Notto situation is just shambolic in every way, shape or form. Like you can't look at it in any positive at all. Like just get him out. Get you know, even if it's a little cut put price, you need the money to invest in that squad because you need more strength in depth. And I feel like you said, I feel so sorry for the players already there because you know, you know, if you're seeing Notto, you know, not say throwing his toys out the pram, but putting in a transfer request, and it might just turn heads of other players say like, oh, I actually do I want to be here. Like, if people want to leave, you know, what, what, why am I here? You know, that can, that can spread like wildfire with the other players in the squad. So, you know, I do feel so sorry for Daniel Farker. I think, you know, for me, I wasn't really high on his appointment anyway, personally, but you know, you've got to sympathize with him. It must be an absolute nightmare going into training every day, knowing that, you know, you've got some, not say bad eggs, but you've got some people in that team that are, 
causing rifts or maybe causing unnecessary aggro for the sake of aggro, if you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I I think causing rifts is fine. I don't think it's too strong a suggestion to say that he's acting like a bit of a tart. Yeah. Emailing, apparently sending loads of emails. Like he was saying that he's, he's emailing in the fact that he doesn't want to play. So what, he's, where does he think we are? Like the, the 1999? Like he's going to fax his transfer request in. <laughs> pick, up the, pick up the phone, Willie. Come on. Like, sash it out. Weak, Willie. Weak Willie. That's that's weak, Willie. That yeah, is. It, that is unfortunately. That is weak, Willie. <laughs> that is weak, Willie. Um, but to be fair, the results haven't been too bad. Like two draws and one loss. Like it was a good draw, I think, against West Brom on Friday night. So, you know, it's it's not horrendous when you look on the pitch, but it it you know they they need that stability now to really you know get back on 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 swan song and you know be the gunslingers that joe definitely predicted at the start of the season mm. so well to be fair all the players that i anticipated being in that gunslinging side have either left or are sitting out so True. <laughs> yeah maybe uh, maybe i'll have to revisit that one but yeah. agreed cool that was no thanks josh for putting the question again any we'll do that every single week so we'll put a little poll out or question out to for you to put some hot takes or anything that we want to discuss on the pod or you want us to discuss on the pod and we'll definitely discuss it at length like we have so you know keep coming them in the questions are very much appreciated the fan interaction is integral well there you go that is our game week review done for the efl and uh we'll come back after a momentary break and go through our prediction scores and predict next week's games we'll see you in a mo Hello and welcome back to uh, to to the second half of the FL Sesh podcast. We're we're done with the reviews and now we're we're back into our our look aheads. Our, our prediction league makes a, a a triumphant return. Um, Andy, how are you feeling about the about this week's results? Do you, do you reckon you did well? Not so well. Well, I, th- I think you alluded to it earlier in the episode. Um, I think I was doing pretty well and I was getting I was on track for a good point all, but then. MK Don's completely uh, mucked that mucked that up. So mm. I think I did okay. I think I got a couple of results right, but I think uh, nothing too revolutionary. But you might tell me otherwise. Yeah, well, let, so let, let's dive straight in. Let me uh, let me tell you uh, exactly what happened. Yeah. Swansea Coventry was our championship pick. I yeah. said one all. Yeah. You said one nil Coventry. The result was one all. Yeah. So yeah, top a, a rare a rare good shout from me. Um, League one, we went Reading Stevenage. Uh, I went one nil Stevenage. You went two one Reading. Immediately Stevenage get a red card. So that <laughs> it back back to back to true to form. I've uh, completely messed up any chances Stevenage could have had of winning by predicting them to win one nil. Um, the game ends two nil to Reading. Unsurprisingly, really playing against ten men. So you've snagged a point there. Not necessarily the correct uh, score, but the correct result. Um, and then, like you say, yeah, Colchester MK Dons. Up until about the the well, the hundredth odd minute, you were uh, you were looking good for a three pointer. Correctly predict, well, almost correctly predicting uh, a, a two all uh, draw. I had three one MK Dons. It actually ended three two. So, I've that that Matthew Dennis winner has, yeah. uh, has snuck me an extra point under the table there as well. So, if we tot all those up. It's a it's a big week for me actually. Four points to one, um, 
which actually leaves us level level pegging going into game week four. We are Love. seven points apiece. So yeah, all, all to play for. I have somehow I, I imagine that'll be the only week that I have anything uh anything <laughs> positive to, to, to say um about my predictions. And this this week's one as well, a, a particularly rogue. So yeah, could be uh, a little bit of luck involved. Um sure. we shall see. <laughs> are you ready for them? Do you want to know what they are? Let's go for next week. I'm I'm ready. I'm, as uh, as alluded to before, well, before we started recording again, I'm just going to gut feel them. I'm not even going to write them down. I I love that. I love that approach so much. Um, well, championship back to back to ordinary order now, rather than rather than in reverse, just for for ease. Um, I've got Cardiff versus Sheffield Wednesday relegation scrap. Ah, uh, um. I'm going to go for a one-all draw. I think they're quite pretty well. So I think uh, and Sheffield Wednesday need to get off the board. So I think that's going to be a one-all draw. Yeah, that's not a bad shout. I ha- I'm going to go a little bit rogue and say 2-1 to Sheffield Wednesday. Big. Um, off the yeah, mark. could have got that wrong, but I've said it now. I've locked that in, unfortunately. Um, right. League two, uh, league one rather, can't count. Oxford versus Charlton. Two well, informed, well, relatively informed teams. The game that whetted your appetite in league. Yes, one. yes. Um, I'm going to back my guys. I'm going to go two, two, one. Oxford win. Ooh, okay. I too think that Oxford will win. I just think it'll be a bit more free scoring. I think three two to Oxford. Big. Um, yeah, I'm backing a a goal fest. Um, and finally, League Two, Wimbledon versus Forest Green Rovers. Oh. Oh, what a game! Um, I, I literally no idea. Forest Green didn't do well this week, I don't think. And but Wimbledon, unfortunately, they did humble big big Sutton fans uh, bubble, I think, and uh, <laughs> result for them. Um, I'm gonna go for you know I'm gonna go for just a very drab nil nil. I'm gonna go for nil. Wow! Hey, some of these gotta have them. So yeah. why not Wimbledon versus Forest Green? Um, I've gone again too many goals. I'm predicting this. I've gone two one Wimbledon, but that I'm predicting eleven goals across three games. I don't. I don't think that's a sensible move. But hey, it, it's done now. I've said it. I've put that out into the ether, and um, the the world will reward me. Just, I, I will manifest it into existence. Just I'll get wait. My crystals out. I say, just wait until uh, you you your smug face comes on the pod and has nine point hall next week. Fingers crossed. That's the plan. The first week we have a nine-point haul, I'll uh, I'll I'll start putting money on it. This becomes a betting tips pod <laughs> and not a uh, yeah, not 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 just for fun. But, exactly. Yeah. Okay, I... locked in. Your your results are written down into the spreadsheet and now cannot be changed. Superb. Love that. Cool. Well, to to uh, to finish off this pod, we'll be remiss if we didn't give our. Uh, Canvey Island update. You know we've uh, we've been following all season so far, and uh, you know it's definitely been an up and down affair. And um, you know the last game they the last game they played was against Kinstonian, but the game before that, I think just after the pod we dropped last week, they were unfortunately humbled. I think four four one against uh, Dulwich Hamlet, who came down from the league before last week, uh, last last year or this year. Um, so I think that was kind of a um, a predicted result but you know let alone it was a pretty humbling defeat for them unfortunately and unfortunately they've kept the defeat train going and it was unbelievably uh 
gutting as well because they went one nil down after the second minute. Very, very uh, poor start, but got themselves back in the game. Charlie Edwards scoring an equal equaliser in the 71st minute. But unfortunately, in the 93rd minute, in garbage time, Darnell Gotha, Braithwaite, gets a 2-1 win for Kinstonian. Um, you know, and and the game looked like, in terms of possession, it was pretty even most of the time. And I think uh, it was unfortunately one of them games where they had the draw. They they would have definitely taken a point back to Canvey. But unfortunately, Kingstonian had something to say about that. So that puts them, unfortunately, in, a, in 14th position. Uh Three points and three games, minus three goal difference. So two losses on the bounce. I need to get back, back in the uh, back in the L, uh, the W column, and uh, we'll see how that goes uh, goes next week. But we'll give our um, give our props to the team. We hope they get back on the uh, winning run and uh, you know prop, keep going up the table. We'll see how it keeps going, but you know up the Canvey, but not up the Canvey this week because they were pretty much down. <laughs> yeah, depressingly familiar losing all the time. Um <laughs> I'm 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 cursing them by association. I think maybe I should start predicting them to win and uh, uh, to lose rather. And yeah. then uh yeah, then that might might be a big upturn in their fortunes. So yeah, everyone lump on a a Canvey Island 3-0 loss. Uh I, that that's my prediction for this week. And good. we'll uh yeah, we'll it, good exactly. We'll we'll see what comes of that. Exactly. Okay, well, that is the end of uh, our game week free review for uh, for the EFL on the EFL Sesh Pod. Thank you for listening, as always. Make sure you obviously uh, you know get us on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, all that, and platforming streams that you listen to us on. Um, give us a five star review. Make sure you subscribe to ensure you get notifications when all of our episodes drop. Your support is always massively appreciated, and keep the questions coming. It's always great to have the interaction. Um, but yeah, have a good rest of your day, everyone one and up the FL Sesh podcast.